may be seated. All right. Listen, y'all, I, I just need that, uh, that time of worship. Angie and I went down to Orlando and, um, this past week for this SCND conference. I say it send instead of saying send because it sounds like sin, and I don't want you to think we went to a sin conference in Orlando. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are in Las Vegas, okay? <laughs> but, but anyway... It was, it was good to get away. It was a long ride down and a long ride back, but it was good to be there. And, you know, when you're in a, on a campus, that, the church is First Baptist Orlando, and it seats 5,000 people. And I know Brother Harry and, uh, has always joked about when we get our 5,000-seat auditorium, <clears throat> you know, at Gratis Church. Well, once you sit in a 5,000-seat auditorium, you realize this is big. I mean... <laughs> It was huge, but, um, but anyway, uh, it was good to be there. It was good to hear the people share. It was good to hear the people speak. Uh, it was good to worship, but, but even while we were doing some of those things, I could hear our worship team. I could hear our people singing some of those songs, and it was like I couldn't get it out of my head. It was like, okay, I'm singing this, but I hear my team singing this. But it was, it was such a, a blessing to be down there and to know that there are a lot of people out here on the journey just like us that are trusting God through each step of the way for what God is going to do. And, and I'm going to tell you, we, uh, it, it, was a, it was our anniversary week, and so it was kind of a getaway type of time like that. But you know how the devil tries to work in a vehicle traveling that far. And knowing it's your anniversary week, so we had all of that to deal with too, you know. And I had to ask for forgiveness several times, and so that's the way it works, men. Uh, learn that secret and tip. But uh, but it was a great week, great week, and I I wouldn't take anything for it. The other part of it was halfway down, I get to stop and see my parents, and of course, homemade peach ice cream was waiting for us on the way down. On the way back, homemade, another gallon of homemade peach ice cream was waiting for us. So I, that was good. That's a honey from nectar, uh, nectar from heaven right there, folks. And so my diet has suffered a little bit this past week for going down there. But listen, we're going to jump into something uh, that we started last week. is spiritual gifts. And it's identifying how God has gifted each and every one of us in the body of Christ. A quick review for those that weren't with us last Sunday. There, and get ready for all of these, Caleb. There's two points about, and this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's two points that each and every one of us need to understand about spiritual gifts. Number one, don't be unaware or un uninformed. You need to know. Everyone needs to know. If you've been born into the kingdom of God, born of his spirit, in that moment that you were born, God placed inside of you a unique special supernatural gift that he has given you to be used not to make you look good but to bless others and to make god look good that's the whole purpose of gifts second is verse two don't be led astray don't be led astray and and paul was addressing this corinthian church because they'd been led astray by idols and by false teaching so what we're looking at is the true teaching 
of how giftedness is given to the church. Notice he says in the next one, there's varieties of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries. That word ministries means service, but it's the same Lord. And then there are varieties of effects and activities, but it's the same God. So you have the Spirit, you have the Lord, which is referring to Jesus, and then you have God, which is referring to the Father. So we have the Holy Trinity is here in this mandate given to us, letting us know we all have gifts, and that's how it works. On down in verse 7, he says, But to each one is given the manifestation, the expression or, or exhibition of the Spirit for the common good. It's for the common good. It's for the body. It's not for our good. And then next, one of the main points about spiritual gifts is this. It says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So it's the Holy Spirit who gives you the gift as he wills. It's not you going, oh, I want that gift. That's the one I want. Spirit, give me that one. Doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he wills, and he knows what, how he can use you and what's best for you and how that can be used to bring a, be a blessing to others and bring glory to himself. And then next, one of the main points about spiritual gifts is that all believers don't have the same gifts. And aren't you glad about that? Because we, we remember if we all don't have the same gifts, that means we need, it implies we need one another. Because if, if there's many different parts of the body, the hand, the foot, the leg, the nose, the ears, the mouth, all different kinds of parts of the body. But we're not all a nose. We're not all an ear, are we? So Matthew, if we were all a foot, what would we look like? A foot. That's what we'd look like. If we were all a nose, what would we look like? That would be weird. Everybody would be going around, oh, look at my nose. My nose is bigger than your nose. My nose can blow harder than your nose. Oh, your nose has got more gross stuff up it than my nose does. But see, it'd be crazy like that, wouldn't it, if we were all a nose. But anyway, it's not that way. And then next, here's a tip. When believers think they have to be just like someone else in gifting, ministry, service, or effect, or activity, they are put in bondage. Now, that's gold right there. When you, when you think or someone thinks that you got to have a certain gift or they try to put that on you, then they're basically putting you into bondage because the, the teaching is who gives the gifts? The Spirit. And how does he give them? He gives them willingly to whomever he chooses. So no man can come up to you and say, well, you should have this gift. Or can I give you this gift? My wife had the experience one time years ago in a country church that this man had one of these gifts and he came up to her and he said, I would like to lay hands on you so that you could receive this particular gift. And she was 17 years old. But she was wise enough to say to this gentleman who was double her age, she said, if God wants me to have that gift, then God will give me that gift. 
And so he turned and he walked away. Now that's, that, that was good, baby. You did good. That's, that was good. But it, that's not her. That was the Spirit. The Spirit of God was giving her a teaching that she probably didn't even know this in the Scriptures at that point. She probably didn't. But guess who did? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside of her said, rose up and said, if God wants me to have this gift, then God will give me that gift. That's the exact response that she should have given that gentleman. Okay? Notice this. The gifts are grace gifts, not given according to merit or request. The gifts are grace gifts. They're given freely. And so you can't earn them, and you can't buy them. There was one man that tried to buy. He wanted to have that gift of healing. He saw what the apostles were able to do, and he wanted to buy it. And Peter and John and them said, listen, you don't know what you're asking for. You can't pay for this. You can't buy this. And so they're given freely. But I've added this quote. This is a great quote. Gifts, next, gifts are free. Maturity is expensive. Write that one down. The gifts come free. But maturi getting maturity in each gift, that's expensive. There's some costs that go with it. And it's time. You think about, you think about, I, I think of um, the family right now, the Calverts, and they're going through this time with their daughter, seven-year-old daughter, Libby. This family, and I know Esther has it, gift of faith, great faith. Well, guess what? The gift is free, but the experience is going to be as she goes through it, the maturing of that gift is going to be expensive. It's, in other words, it makes you go deep. And it is, it, it is gut-wrenching in some of that. But as we mature in it, and, and here's the thing. Has, if God ever trusts you with something like that, God is basically taking you deeper in a relationship with him. And the question is, do we, do we resist it, or do we want to run from it, or do we want to fight it? But the bottom line is, we must learn to just say, okay, God, I'm on this journey, and here I am. The biggest thing we can do, church, is submit to it, and just surrender to it, and then let God have his way. Okay? So those, that's the intro. Let me give you the gifts. Let's show the list real quick. The gifts. No, not this list. Go to the first, the, the complete list at the beginning. Okay? These are the gifts that I covered last week. Administration, apostle, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing slash miracles, helps, hospitality, and then knowledge. So those are the ones that I covered uh, last week and just gave a, a brief description of those. Uh, for those that weren't here, uh, I've got these all on the slides. I've, I've preached about them. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, I'm going to have them in a book form later as we take people through in a 
a time of, of connecting your spiritual gift with your personality and helping you find your place and all of that, so we'll be doing that. But go back to that slide, uh, the previous one. I want to just ask you uh, a question. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, it says, As each one has received a special gift, employed in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He says, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God, and whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom all things, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So with that being said, uh, church, there are two different types of gifts. One is the speaking gift, and if you have that speaking gift, we're to speak as if it's the utterances of God. We're speaking uh, the word of God, the utterances of God on God's for God. And then the other one is service. And if we serve, we're to serve in the strength which God supplies. And in all these things, others are blessed as we serve, and God is glorified as we serve. So... We covered these last week, but the one thing I did not do was I didn't clarify to you if this was a speaking gift or a serving gift. So let's go, and, um, and I'm going to talk you through it real quick. Administration, uh, what do you think? Do you think that's a speaking or serving? Serving is correct. Administration is a serving gift because it's a gift that comes along to help organize, put things together for a team. Several of you have already begun to do the spiritual gift inventory test online, and several of you came back with that gift, and that is good. That's a blessing. It's much needed in the body. Apostle. Gift, apostle. What do you think it is? It is a speaking gift. The apostle gift is the one that goes out, the one that is sent out to new areas, a new work for God, to where maybe a work has never happened before. That's that gift, is, is that. And so it's speaking. Discernment. What do you think it is? You're a little hesitant. I was too. It's a serving gift. I thought it might be a speaking gift, but it's actually, it's a serving gift. Now, the people that have it usually will speak out after they see something. Sometimes they, and really they have it and they want to say something and they're just waiting for the right time to say it. And uh, <laughs> because they see it. They see people with discernment see things way before others do. They can read a phony. They can see a fake. They know false teaching. I mean, I can't even watch the, some of them on TV. I have this gift and my wife says, honey, why do you watch it? And I said, I don't know, but I'll be watching it. And I was like, that's not true. Turn it. Get him off of there. I'm like, what's that bozo doing on TV anyway? You know, I, and I get that one. She's like, why are you watching that? I said, well, I watch wrestling too, but it's fake as well. <laughs> WWE, WWF, all that stuff is fake. But I guess it's almost like entertainment. But some of this is false teaching. And it's like, no, no, that's not true. Evangelism, of course, is a speaking. Exhortation. 
Some of y'all, this is popping up, number one, for y'all. Y'all like, I don't know what that means. Y'all are having to study up on it. And it is a speaking gift. But it's usually done not in a big group. It's usually done in a small group or one-on-one -on -one is, is how that gift is used. So think about that. Faith. Faith is a serving gift. Giving is a serving gift. Healings and miracles is a serving gift. Helps, of course, is a serving gift. Hospitality is a serving gift. And knowledge is a speaking gift. Knowledge is speaking. So out of that list, there's only apostle, evangelism, exhortation, and knowledge. There's only four of them that are speaking. The rest out of that list are serving gifts. Okay, so it, I just wanted, I told you I would let you know what type gifts they are because this is important. When you look at, you do the survey and you look at your top five, you're able to see how many of these are serving gifts. And, and if it validates you, because some of you want to be behind the scenes and some of you, it's not that you want to be up front in front of people, but that God has called you to be up front. And God is leading you to be the one who speaks. Because, listen, Moses was called by God to do that, and he didn't want to do it. But God said, you're the one to do it. And so we have to learn that. So let's move on with the rest of the gifts today, with the remainder of our time. We're going to pick up, uh, after knowledge comes next, is the list is leadership. Leadership. Now, leadership, first of all, do you think it's a speaking or serving gift? Some say, I think it's both. Um, but it, it comes, it, it tends to cross both, but it is a serving gift. But the deal about it is the leader, the word leader, actually, leadership actually means to rule and to govern. And that implies being up in front of people. So it comes across as being a speaking gift. But it's really, underneath it all, it's a serving gift. Because true leaders understand their servants. They're, they know whom they serve. Henry Blackaby has written, um, next to the Bible, there's a book that I've read that has helped me more than any other thing in ministry. And it's his book called Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby, and it is gold, but it teaches about servant leadership. It teaches about being humble and being broken, and it talks about how Jesus served, and it's, it's probably the best manual on leadership I've ever read. So if any of you are in business, it doesn't matter what type of business you're in, I would highly recommend you write that down, Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby, okay? But it's the leadership gift is the supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to provide direction and goals and to bring together resources and people that work together to accomplish these goals. So that leader is able, they're the, they're the ones, remember, I, I told you the administrators are the detailed people. They see all the little details. The leadership gift sees the big picture. And they're able to pull people together on a team to make that 
happen and to accomplish those goals. And some people think that, that have the leadership, think they have administration, and they might, might not. They just see the bigger picture, and they see what's needed to be done, and the best thing they can do is get an administrator to be on board with them because they see the big picture, and then that administrator begins to hear that big picture, and they begin to go, I can put that pieces of the puzzle together, and, they, and it works out. And that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Because the body is, is glorified through that. Okay? The next one is mercy. Mercy. Boy, doesn't that sound good when you say it? Mercy. Spiritual gift, mercy. Boy, that's, if, it, if anybody would want to desire a gift, it would be, oh, give me mercy. I'd love to be known as that person who had that gift of mercy. And we all should be merciful. But the gift of mercy is the supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to fill the hurt of others and to genuinely express sympathy and provide comfort for them. It is more than a feeling. It is action. It is more than a feeling. It made me think of the song back in the 80s. It's more than a feeling. Y'all know, I'm throwback on that one. You know what I'm talking about. It's more than a feeling now. It's action. But these are the people that they see that hurt. And they want to come alongside somebody. And they want to help them through that process and comfort them. And they, they're genuine. They're genuine in it. Okay? I wrote this down. They are the champions of the lowly, the poor, the exploited, and the forgotten. And they often act on their behalf. They're the people like whenever we want to do something to help the poor or the needy in the community, whether it be the Boys and Girls Club, whether it be going into some of these inner city schools or, or helping provide a need there, they, the people with the gift of mercy is like, I want to go. I want to help. I want to be there. They genuinely want to do something that's going to make a difference. They do. The people, hey, if you're watching TV with somebody that has this gift and they show the, the commercial of all them animals that are dying and, and they're hurting, you, the, you don't want to watch that commercial with them. I mean, because the next thing you know, they're, they're going to be giving. They're going online. They're going to give to free up all these starving animals or starving people. They will. And the person with giving that has their gift says, hey, you don't know. You don't know if this is a legit ministry over here. You better check this out before you give. That's how it kind of works, you know, on those things, okay? But we love, I love people that have this gift because Jesus had compassion and mercy, and Jesus demonstrated this gift in a powerful way, okay? Next. Pastor Shepherd, is it a speaking or serving gift? Or you don't know. Or is it another one of those combos that you think? It, it is taught as a speaking gift. But it is absolutely a serving gift as well. Because any pastor knows that, yes, you have to shepherd the sheep. You have to speak to the sheep. You have to love the sheep. But you also have to serve. And so it's a combo, but it... It is projected as a speaking gift because 
what does Jesus was the good shepherd and he said my sheep hear my voice and they follow me so that lets me know that it is a speaking gift because the chief shepherd said it is it is a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to guide to protect to nurture which means to love and to feed a group of believers into growing spiritually and see I know I, at the end of um, last week, Josh came over and you, he gave me a, the fist pump. And he said, oh, I know what yours is. I said, what? He, he hadn't seen my test. He said, I know what yours is. And he said, Pastor Shepherd. And I said, well, it's, it's on there, but it's not the top one. And I shared with him, it's in my top five, but it's not the main one. But God has, God, I'm glad I have it. But here's the deal. As a, as a leader of a church, it's very important that I have that gift. Because, you know, you can hire administrators in a church, but it's very difficult to hire a shepherd. I mean, you, you need to hire a shepherd, and then you can hire administrators. But if you hire an administrator as your lead pastor, where is he going to find his shepherd? Where is he going to find it? And if he's the lead and he's an administrator, then the people will feel like sheep without a shepherd is what will happen. But a shepherd needs to be leading the people. And that's what Jesus led by. And he shepherded his people. And I know it was kind of funny. I had a few send in and said, oh, I got that. It showed up. This gift showed up on my brothers over here. And he was like, hey, watch out for that, and I'm not going to try to take your job, you know, whatever. But I, I, I was like, no worries. You know, I love it that some of you have that gift. And you know what that lets me know? That lets me know, number one, you love people. You have a heart for people. You care for people. But also lets me know that you're going to even have a heart for your pastor and the shepherd that you're going with because you have that same giftedness. And then it lets me know this, too, that you would make a great person watching over people, watching over groups, watching over small groups. You'd make a great coach watching over your team because you love and care and, and are genuine about watching over them. So it's, it's a gift that God gives to protect, to love, to nurture, and to feed the group of believers into growing. So pastors and elders and spirit small group leaders all can fall with, within having that gift. You know, having that gift and, and having discernment is, is something that is, is special to me that God has allowed me to see because whenever I see something and as a leader, and I know it's not right and it's false, then that helps protect the body from false teaching. And it keeps the church moving in a right direction as far as the teaching goes. And listen, I've listened to a lot of people in my years of, in, of being alive. A lot of people speak. And there's only a very few people that I've ever heard speak that I didn't go, you know what? What he just said is wrong. But one of my mentors, I can say this, is Dr. Charles Stanley. I've heard that man teach and preach through the years. And I have never heard him say one thing that was out of line biblically. Now, he might have said some things 
you know, comments that might, you might not agree with, but from a biblical standpoint, my discernment and spirit has agreed with everything he's ever said because it's straight from the Word of God. And that's when you know the Spirit bears witness with your spirit if something is right. So the pastor shepherd needs to be someone who speaks the truth and leads people and guiding in that, which gets to the next one, prophecy. Prophecy. Of course, prophecy is a speaking gift. It's a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the Word of God boldly and with confidence. Now, most people, you, you might think of the prophet as the, the one who came in with the long hair and the robe and the stick and comes in and declares, Thus saith the Lord, get right or be burned and be gone. That's not what the prophet is. The prophet is the one who just boldly proclaims the word of God. He doesn't care. He's the messenger. He didn't write the message. He just delivers the message. If you don't like the mail, talk to the one who wrote the mail. Don't talk to the mailman. Okay? Don't go out there to the mailman and complain about the letter that someone else wrote. God has written his word. I knew a a man that was, he, he spoke the word of God boldly, uh, Dr. Stephen Olford. A little old man in the pulpit, but a giant when it came to the word of God. And he was preaching out of Romans one week, and he was just preaching the word of God. And then all of a sudden, a whole row of people in his church up in New York State got up and walked out. A whole row of them got up and walked out. He didn't know what they got up and walked out for. He just kept preaching. Come to find out later that some of the teaching that he was teaching just straight from the Word of God, that whole row were living in that lifestyle. And they got up and walked out. They left the church. But did he, he didn't bash anybody. He just preached the Word of God. It's what happened. And that's what a prophet does. Now, here's the difference. The word prophecy means to speak forth or declare the divine will. Now, prophecy has to be understood from this perspective. It is proclamation. It is pro, speaking forth, proclamation, which means forth-telling. Forth-telling. It is not prediction. That is fortune-telling. And someone that has the gift of prophecy is not a fortune teller okay they are they speak truth and whenever you do when you speak of what's going to happen in the book of revelation and in time that prophet is declaring truth that will happen they're not they're not fortune tellings they are forth tellers okay next service of course you know what that one is <laughs> Is it speaking gift or serving gift? It's a serving gift. It is a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to identify, assist, and support ministries within the church and to help them make a difference. People that have this gift, they want to come alongside and they want to help everyone they can and every team they can to make a difference. They want to they be a total blessing. They are the behind-the-scenes people you got to have them. You can't function without them. But they have that heart to help, to identify, to assist, 
and support all the ministries. They want to be a blessing as to, a, to as many as they can. And we thank God for those that have that gift of service. And, you know, someone said, well, isn't service the same as helps? And see, where helps is different than service is that if I go back and look at the notes there, the helps has a word in there that's very important, and that is to bring relief or assistance to others through deeds and actions. And that's where it's different than just serving. Serving comes along and assists, identifies, assists, and brings support ministries. But when I gave helps like week, I told that, you know, Jerry Clower story about just shoot up here amongst us because one of us has got to have some relief. But when you're in the heat of doing certain things and someone with the gifts of helps comes in, it's like if you were having severe back pain and then all of a sudden it was gone you have just gotten complete relief then you go that's how it is with someone who has the gift of helps and that's how that's different than service when someone with the gifts of helps they come in and they give you that moment they have provided relief for you and that boy that that feels good give me some relief Amen. Y'all y'all like relief. Have you ever been in so much pain or hurt, you're going to just give me some relief? I got to have some. I know you have. I know you have. Okay. Next. We're getting toward the end. Teaching. Teaching, of course, is a speaking gift. The word means to instruct. It is a supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to communicate God's word in a way which others can learn and understand it easily. I love it when people have this gift because they're able to take the, the profound truths of the word of God, the deep truths of the word of God, and explain them in such a way that a little child can understand. And some of us need that, amen? We need to have something that's deep, and maybe theological, broken down. But these people are able, they do all the word studies, they do the research, they go through the observation stage of a text, they get into the interpretation part of that passage, and then they get into the application of it. They know all the steps of studying. And their goal is not just to teach, their goal is to see that person's life be transformed by the word of God. Their goal is to see someone grow up from a baby into a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's their goal as a teacher. And, and it's, if they see you progressing, boy, they're excited. You know, as when I used to teach back at Athens Tech and people were taking the GED, when they would go and take their test and they would pass that test, they were so excited and they'd come back high-fiving and all of that. And you know how that make you feel as a teacher? You would go, yes, because you felt like you had helped that person meet that goal or done something to help them along the way. And you know what, students, you're about to be back in the classroom. You be thankful you got hope you got a teacher that has a gift of teaching, that is teaching you. Hope you do. Pray that you do. Because if you got a good one, you, they make school fun. If you got a bad one, it's going to be a long year. 
And you know, the truth is, there's some of them out there I would go, you know what, it's about time you should retire or go do something else. Because you certainly don't act like you want to be here. Now here's your sign. If you go in that first day and the teacher's already complaining, there's your sign. I wouldn't want to walk in the first day of school and my teacher's going, hey, I'm, oh, summer, I wish summer wasn't over. Ah, got to be back with you, all of you, good grief. That's not the kind of welcome you want. You want them fired up and ready to go to say, what are we going to learn and discover on this journey this year? And you know how I know we got, I look at a teacher of the year over there. I, we got a teacher of the year serving in the back. And you understand and you know teaching is one of the greatest responsibilities and gifts that God is allowing you to be able to shape and mold these little ones' minds. Boy, be careful, because this is one of them that requires a stricter judgment when the judgment time comes. Because if you lead the little ones astray, ooh, watch out. But the judge will put a stricter judgment on those who teach. So that's why, you know, if you got this gift, praise the Lord, but remember... You're going to be held to a higher standard because of what you teach. Hey, and I'm pointing it right back to me. And I know, Lord, I'm going to have to give an account to what I say. I know. Okay. Finally, last page. Who we getting down to the it. Tongues. Tongues. Now, some of you might be thinking, is this a serving gift or speaking gift? Well, it's tongues. It's a speaking gift. And so... I'm covering these because I said I'm going to cover all of them. What is tongues? It means, the, the Greek meaning of the word means languages. It means it's the supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to speak in another language without having learned the language which is being spoken. Did you get that? In other words, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, the apostles were speaking and they were speaking a language they did not know and everyone that was listening heard it in their own language. It would be like me saying a word and all of you were Spanish speaking in this room and I would speak and every one of you would hear it in, your, in Spanish. Now that's, that's amazing, getting it? That is what happened. It says in Acts 2, verse 11, they commented, they said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. You know, there was the movie that uh, Kirk Cameron uh, did in the Left Behind series, and he portrayed this better than any I'd ever seen in the movies. But he showed an event in the last days, and it was showing the prophet. The prophet spoke. And what happened was the Russians heard it in Russian. The Germans heard it in their language. The French heard it in French. The American heard it in English. And the, uh, the Hispanics heard it in Spanish. And that is how God used this to advance the gospel in the kingdom. And so it's something that we, 
You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 deal with it. The whole chapter 14 deals with it. But he, Paul, Paul addresses all of that. I don't have time to get in all of it, but I just wanted to give you a brief introduction to what it is. It is it's something that was, it was used of God. It's something that if it's done, it has to be done in order. And it is something that has to get this next part. It has to be interpreted rightly so. And if not, it's to be kept silent. It's clear teaching of that in the scriptures. Next is the interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. It's the supernatural gift given by the Holy Spirit to interpret a language which they have not learned. Now get that. In other words... <laughs> this, this happened on a mission trip. I heard this story just this week on Friday. This group was going, very conservative group, very biblically based group, was going in, into a, a region of South America. And the leader of this group, a woman came up and they had a problem with a child. And they had an emergency. And this woman was screaming to this group of Americans. It was about 40 of them. And the woman was screaming to this group what was wrong with this child. And the leader of the group understood every word that she was saying. And he turned to his group and said, y'all, let's do what she said. Come on. Let's, let's get in here. Let's go help this girl. And they all looked at him like, what? What are you talking about? None of them in the group understood a word she was saying. He did not know it, but she was speaking a language that he did not know, but he was hearing it in English. Now, you try to explain that. And he heard it, and he thought, he thought she's speaking English because everything she was saying it was in a different language, but he heard it in English, and he was turning to his whole group going, come on, y'all, y'all didn't hear her? And they were like, hear what? She spoke in a language none of us know, including you. How, do you. how did you know what she was saying? It was because supernaturally, the interpretation part of that came in to where he could hear it in his own language. Now, that's God at work in that moment okay i don't know how to explain that you that's supernatural stuff right there okay but it's not there's a lot of stuff and if you want to know more about it we'll talk privately uh about it but it's first corinthians 12 13 and 14 or three chapters in the in the bible that deals specifically with it and in most cases with tongues and stuff like that y'all i got I, I got i was in a gospel group I'm going to be honest with you. I was in a gospel group, and I went to some churches that did some crazy stuff. And this one time I was at a singing, and this woman jumped up. She just started running all over the place. And then I was up there singing and going, what is she doing? I've never seen that in any churches I've ever been in. And then she come running up through there, and my aunt went to this singing because my aunt knew what was going to happen, you know. She was back there laughing. Just laughing her head off, going, that Mike, you're going to mess him up. 
It's just going to mess him up. And so this woman, and then she comes up front, and she starts, and I don't know what she was saying. And nobody knew what she was saying. But she kept doing whatever she was doing. And, and then she went on back. Now, see, my daddy was in the back of the church, and daddy was looking around. Because daddy was looking to see if they had one of them croaker sacks. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Because he, he was wondering, is this one of them snake handling churches? Okay. And have one of them croaker sacks, and they're going to come walking up there, and they go to handling snakes, and hold that rattlesnake and see if you got faith. Oh, I am no snake handling preacher. All right, y'all understand that. But 